0: Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show.
1: We have you four to one. I like those odds.
0: to Super Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. This is our review episode for this week. We got a double dose of the reviews to come that we're going to be bringing to you. We are, Our first review is going to be for the Korean drama thriller, Parasites. And our second review will be for Star Wars the mandalorian which just released on disney plus we're going to be talking about the first episode giving our impressions on it both of these will have spoiler free and spoiler segments so i'll give you fair warning when the spoilers will be coming up and then you can check the description to find out where you can pick the episode back up but jay without any further delay let's get into parasite Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) the Kim family isn't just poor they are so poor when one of them puts out a cigarette another one yells hey turned off the heat. But things begin to change when Ki-woo is given the opportunity of a lifetime tutoring for the daughter of an affluent tech entrepreneur. Slowly, the Kim family infiltrates all hireable positions within the household, but circumstances change one night as a deadly standoff ensues. So, uh Parasite, man. Yes. <laughs> I think this movie... We obviously both heard a ton of positive buzz going we did. into it, but I it, believe this
1: came out like the Cannes Film Festival.
0: Cam, I, I also saw it was at Toronto Film Festival. Yeah, as well. other
1: festivals as well. A lot of buzz. It Huge was one Korean of those movies where Toronto, so. there seems to be it seems to be always like one or two foreign films that are always like the must-watches of the year.
0: Well, I, and I think lately a lot of those films have been Korean films. We so, you know we got right. trained to Busan last year, which everyone was fanatical for. I'm still. Fanatical about it Watched it again Several times this year Because it's so good Train to Busan 2 Is filming right now Another film by this Very same director The host uh, Came out years ago And I remember That was a big film Of topic well, as well And the, I, the
1: host But he also did Snowpiercer which Was was huge Right exactly. it, was, it was a really big film and, and then Okja was Hit or miss Depending on the person I, I never saw it And never really I had no desire To see this movie It was just one of those Kind of films Very quirky um, but right. then he comes back and but Parasite comes out and it's like, wow. But man, now this guy we're to the something. point that
0: anything Jun Hu Bung does, I'm in for.
1: I agree. Because what he achieves in this movie is hard to describe. And I'm sure we're going to get into it a little bit more with the spoiler segment. Right. Yeah. But, for sure. Um, it is one of those kind of things where you have to. You have to watch it yourself. You have to go through the process with these characters. One of the
0: things that impresses me most about this film is that even though it is taking place in a Korean setting with, with Korean characters and stuff and a lot and of, and subtitles,
1: the, of course, and, and all that,
0: a lot of that culture is coming through in, in the dialogue and, and in, and in the characters and everything. It's still extremely relatable if you have ever been poor anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or, or you at least understand what it's, what it's like to be. To struggle in any kind of way. Right. To struggle. Because that is what this film, at its core, it's about. It's about seizing the opportunity.
1: In a lot of ways, these characters, even smarter than. The rich family, right?
0: It's all you know, about it's all about the circumstance. You have to be you. right.
1: You have to, you're a hustler. I you mean, need to
0: really think your way through to get in, through the day. In the Kim family, the mother of our protagonist, mm-hmm. she is a gold medalist, right? Like yeah. she, she she's not some slouch or anything. She had a moment of glory, and, and it, you know while watching it, like you almost feel sorry for them because you don't understand why they're not more successful. They clearly have all the tools to make them. That. and then you understand how especially like in in a different culture how society just continually will keep you in the position that you were born in and
1: and and that's the the, the scary thing about it it's one of those sad things where doesn't matter how even if they were working with this family for quite some time and everybody was working 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 they were still living in a horrible situation in squalor and squalor, yeah. literally squalor. Holla, city of squalor. Yeah, and it just goes to show. There's a scene show, in the movie where
0: their apartment is literally filled with there's shit. There's
1: pretty much like no middle class. Right. it's either you're rich or you're poor.
0: And it's and it's no and it's no surprise that when they go to start working at the affluential family's house, it's up a hill right they are on top of the Way up mountain. A hill and, and
1: cinematically he shoots it like right. that where like certain sequences you can see them they're going always up, rising or something right. dramatic happens or something bad happens they might be going down exactly and right?
0: they're and you know they live at the bottom of the mountain yes and all shit flows downhill mm-hmm. literally and figuratively like it's uh you know i I think what surprised me most about the film was its use of metaphors, but it, it did it in such a way that and comedy sprinkled in. There's there's you know? a lot of good comedy in, in here,
1: but like and once you get into it, you get find the rhythm of the all, not just the characters because the characters are really well fleshed out and acted and portrayed, but also. Like you said, I mean, it's just it's it hides something.
0: It hides these little things in each of its characters that eventually when we start getting into the end of the second act, beginning of the third act, that all start coming to fruition. And it's nice. Like, it's it's nice to see that attention to detail paid Mm -hmm. for a character. and, And it really it really has everything has its payoff at some point sure there was no wasted moment in this script we always talk about weak scripts that 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 sometimes they're bloated sometimes sometimes the runtime's too long I've never felt like there was any moment in this film that was a wasted moment where what it was doing on screen wasn't either adding to some characters motivation or moving the story forward in in a way to get us to the conclusion that we get and the conclusion that we get is an extremely powerful one and unfortunately I don't want to spoil much of anything for anybody and i'm not going to talk about and the when the turn out. happens it is highly edge of your seat yeah thriller-esque we'll break um, it all down in the spoiler section for you <laughs> uh, but i mean w- it when it gets there it feels so earned and it feels yes it, it feels so well done that you really even if you're watching it home alone by yourself, you almost want to applaud it at the end. Even though Boon Hubang is not there to hear your applause, you still wanna do it. <laughs> you still wanna applaud
1: it. Yeah, Jun Hobang was one of those guys that you could tell had every thing planned out perfectly in his head because he wrote and directed this thing and you can see it. You can see it cinematically. You can hear the words. You can see the words on screen and it flows seamlessly. It's all worked out perfectly and it's one of those kind of films that you you just haven't seen. Okay, so for example, I saw this movie as a double feature. I saw Doctor Sleep first and then I saw this afterwards. Oh,
0: should have reversed that. <laughs>
1: Either way, it was just a showtime kind of thing, right? I just wanted to, whatever. So, I have not had such a lovely cinematic day in so many years. It's unbelievable. It was one of those things where I was thinking, I literally almost welled up and teared, thinking about how great of a day it was, cinematically, because I watched two great A caliber films back to back that were completely different and completely restored my faith in humanity and and in the future of cinema. Yeah. (laughs) Because they were so great.
0: And, you know, while there's a lot of good acting, great acting in the movie, I think the best performance comes from Kang Ho Song, who plays the father of the Kim family in the film. Uh, His performance, I think, is the most nuanced. It's definitely the most. Prolific, and it's the one that and humorous too. A lot of times as well, too, but right. like it sticks with you at the end because so much of what happens at the end revolves around him, him and, and his
1: character choices and 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 yeah. and where things go with that um i I agree and it's it was one of those ones that actually snuck up on me because yeah. I did not now he's feel he's, it going through he's
0: in all of bong's movies too like he's he's in the host he's in Snowpiercer. he's a great actor he 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 really really is and uh there's not a whole lot more me and Jay can say about the film cinematically I, I'm not saying it's perfect but what I'm saying is you you you're gonna have a hard time finding a better cinematic experience this year than parasite so we are encouraging any of you if it's if it's in the theaters around you go see it Uh, when it comes streaming anywhere if you hadn't seen it stay away from spoilers trust me you're gonna want to skip this spoiler section if you haven't seen it yes please skip Uh, it (laughs) and because because it's a film that really should be experienced and I, i i don't often say this but watch it alone I think that's that that's something that really elevated it for me was like I watch a lot of movies with my wife right and there's some movie going mm. experiences that are enriched by watching with other people avengers endgame comes to mind like the experience i had in the theater at those moments dramas i
1: always say try to be by yourself
0: be by yourself be in your own head live in your own mind Mm -hmm. and 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 let the movie influence you and influence you alone. exactly because i feel like that's the way this needs to be seen but yeah for sure jay your your review your your grade for parasite
1: this is actually an a plus for me it's an a plus for me
0: and it's it's our first one i think (laughs) we've never had this i think it's our first one this year
1: and, and, well, not just that,
0: but like you and I both yeah. giving A pluses. But it's it's our first A plus of 2019. Isn't that crazy? <sighs> Isn't that fucking nuts. It's our first A plus. We I I've done A's. I know. And you're, I I it, and to be honest, you're, I you're a little tougher dulling out the A's.
1: I but. am I am very difficult. I am difficult. I'm I'm, I'm very much more of like an A minus kind of guy. Even an A, I gave an A to Dr. Sleep, but this is an A plus movie. It 100% is. It really is. And we can't it's stress Something that extremely special that I think everybody should go out and see. Honestly, do yourself a favor. Just, yep. just give it, give it a try.
0: All right, Jay, let's get into our spoilers for this. I'm going to encourage everybody again, if you haven't seen Parasite, skip Ahead uh I'll put in the description when you should skip ahead to so that way uh you are not spoiled on this and you can just jump in for our Mandalorian review. Spoiler warning spoiler warning spoiler warning Alright so spoilers. We know that he gets a job as a tutor and he goes there and he kind of starts infiltrating the family and stuff like that. And he brings his sister in who's like a master forgerer, and she forges all their documents and stuff. And then one of my favorite bits is how they go about getting each other person the driver fired and getting the father hired getting the maid right. fired and getting the mother hired to extreme
1: extent right you right. know and they see an, an opportunity
0: in an exact and they way go
1: all the way in an exact to way, way the
0: parasite infiltrates your body and replicates mm-hmm. which obviously is where the name comes from and i love that but it all comes to a head when the maid who they were who who, who they had gotten fired returns and and come to find out, she was a parasite herself. Yeah. And she had been hiding her husband in, in the basement that the, the family didn't know about. And they kind of set this up because they talk about how the, how the place was built by an architect. They always the,
1: referred the architect, right, the architect, the architect.
0: And there's always this, this, this this mastery to his design and there's hidden secrets about the house. And then, you know, we find out about the one in the basement where her husband has been living for years and the way they set it up, the Morse code and how he's been down there sending messages to his wife over Morse code by banging his head and paying praise to the man who fed him before the architect who's now moved out. You know, he, he, the way he shows praise is by hammering his head literally against a light switch. Yeah. And sending out morse code yeah, signals communicating um but like it, when we talk about like the nuanced things in the film we know that the mother was a silver medalist and we know that she knew taekwondo and there's a moment where like the maid is coming after her like running out of the basement and she's like "Ah," running for it and the mother just like sends off this kick that is like so so instinct so so just fluid so just like as a matter of fact it just happens it's like a snap and she kicks her and she goes flying down the stairs and I was like that is great character development because you showed us a trait of the character in the first act you reminded us about it in the beginning of the second act and towards the end of the second act beginning of the third act it comes to a head mm-hmm. and it happens like very quickly, but it's but little
1: so th- things like that. That yeah. just doesn't happen yeah. very often in movies. It doesn't.
0: It's just so well done. Like the father's smell, like they always talk about like, yes, like uh,
1: that's, that's an obvious one. And obviously, yeah. you know, as we saw later little on boy in the movie, find, the little boy, it's mentions, a big trigger,
0: right? Starts mentioning that the tutor smells like the driver and the driver smells like the, mm-hmm. his, his art teacher. And so he starts picking up on these little things,
1: but those people in that kind of world, living among the dwellers
0: right they obviously
1: they're gonna smell something they're not used to smelling before
0: especially a child who's never been to the bottom of the mountain sure right like he's never been down there he's never been in the pits right um and and that's one of those things but like the smell and not just with the kid it just keeps coming back like they keep talking about you know how mr kim smells like he smells he smells he smells he smells like and they there's moments where they're hiding within the house and they're all like you smell that yeah what's that smell like it smells like mr kim like (laughs) And it becomes this this tick for him almost. It becomes yeah. a trigger for him, um, for for Mr. Kim because he takes it with a grain of salt for so long. Yeah, but you can understand but when everything like comes he's, to he's a, a middle aged man. Right. And even now we're still not spoiling sh- major things. We're I'm sure he's been like. actually, you know.
1: Simmering on that kind of stuff for so long, many years. He always knew he deep down. He
0: knows. He knows he smells. You think
1: that? I think at least it all comes together.
0: I think it's. Right? A, I think it's a. I, I think what it is is it's a mirror placed in him, placed in front of him that he is different. As much as 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 he wants to live in this world, and as much as they are attempting to live in this world, and as much as they they play pretend, it it's that mirror. The reality. Image, it's the reality yeah. of it is you're.
1: You'll never you be don't belong fit here. in. Yeah. You,
0: if you don't belong here so much you don't even yeah. smell like us. Yeah. You don't even smell human to us. And that's right. what it really comes down to. Right. It's the dehumanization of him and his family that he he constantly experiences that eventually cause him to snap when he does. And uh, like I said, we're even now we're not spoiling major sport story points. We're just kind of talking about I
1: things. know. And I honestly we don't,
0: <laughs> we don't should we have to? No. But one of the we things one of the things that really and this is only for people to saw it, but one of the things that like really really gets me. Is towards the big be- towards the beginning of the third act, they they escape the house after the standoff, and 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 the 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 entrepreneur's family have come home, and they escape the house and they begin to run home, and the rain starts and everything flows from downhill.
1: That was one of the okay, so that sequence. Obviously, we just had uh, what a good fifteen minute long sequence that felt like an eternity of of them trying. Of them not just having fun and getting drunk and blah 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 and going through some shit, but also trying to escape and right. figure out a way to you, somehow escape
0: out. Of the but house. did you notice what happened before the the family returned home? They were getting into each other when left to their own well, devices. Right. When not working together. When when left to to be on their own and free, they begin to dig at each other. They begin mm-hmm. to fight with each other. Mm-hmm. They they begin to tear each other apart. They have to have a common cause for the family to work as a unit together yes. against something.
1: Right. And you see it work, obviously more you know, effectively throughout the, the movie. Right. I thought that was um, in interesting. In various ways, well. but it was interesting to see that. But the fact that they took a good amount of money and time and fantastically shot this d- horribly destruction of, of, of the, which is probably normal too. In that kind of society where the, the dwellers get flooded out constantly. Right. Right. So they live in the bottom of the hill. So They, ex- they have these rains. It's just part of the, You know, the landscape of that.
0: that, And the rain is flowing down. Yeah. It floods the sewers. The sewers are. There's a point where the daughter is sitting on top of a toilet as it's belching out shit. And all she wants to do is light up a cigarette and check her Wi Fi because the Wi Fi thing was such a big deal in the beginning, like trying to find a spot that has in the house that has Wi Fi. She
1: likes her smokes and she just wants. To clear his head, just to clear her head. Right. Get her, remove herself from this horrible, literally shitty situation. They're literally
0: living in shit. But he looks at his son and he says, What's your plan for the people in the basement? For the maid and her husband who were locked in the basement. What's your plan? And he looks at his son and he, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he pretty much tells him, like, a man who plans is a man who's doomed to fail. Yeah, I don't have a plan, yeah. right? But then we get to the end of the movie after after he's after he's murdered the entrepreneur, after the father is on the run and the family gets their slap on the wrist and they return home, it, what the the son and the mother Which was a surprise. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right, the the son and the mother, he immediately begins, the son begins to hatch a plan to rescue his father who's living in the basement like the basement dwellers were before. Which we see a nice glossed over right. fantasy And if it ended there, vision. we still would have given this movie an A. Maybe not an A+. Right. plus. We would have given this movie an A. I agree. But then it draws back out and it shows you that this is just the son's plan to save his father. But if you remember what the father said to the son, a man who plans is a man who's doomed to fail. Which means right. I immediately started thinking about about the father in the basement and I'm just like, There's no way he can survive that. He's done. Yeah. He's got... X amount of years max. He's eventually going to get caught, or he's eventually going to die. Caught or die. Yeah,
1: exactly. No matter exactly. What. There's <laughs> no way that he's going to be able to afford a place like right. that. And that's um, maybe ten but years. But that's a metaphor. But ten years living in that basement. No. Nah, but that's a,
0: that's almost like a metaphor for the lower class, especially in South Korea. The lower class. You can plan all you want, but every good plan is just doomed to fail. You either make yeah. it through dumb luck, or you don't make it at all. Mm-hmm. And that's how it feels to be lower class. That's. Yeah, not yeah. not just a metaphor. Like that is literally the how reality. it feels to be lower class sure. or middle class. To not be the affluential people in in, in the world. It, it feels like it is a constant uphill battle, and sometimes you get knocked down the bottom of the hill, and it fills up with shit, and you got to crawl yourself back out again.
1: Yeah, it's
0: and yeah. it, it, it's it's wonderful for, all, for so many reasons. So, so many.
1: But again, we we thoroughly encourage you guys to go out. Uh, you, well, you already saw it <laughs> you better be um, you listen to this if you're here with spoiler us, spoiler section you you're here it. with us um, Please reach out to us, you know if you want to geek all over again more 100%. with us um, Interact with us on on Instagram Insta, you know Facebook uh, Twitter whatever you guys want to do. Yeah, hit us up.
0: We'll drop we'll drop all of our socials at the end of the Episode for yep. you guys to reach out to us. All right, Jay Let's head over and let's get into our Mandalorian, Mandalorian. review Bounty hunting is a complicated profession.
1: They said you were coming. They said you were the best in the Parsec.
0: Would you agree?
1: Mandalorian, look outside, they are
0: waiting for you. Yeah, good. Welcome back, all of you who had skipped the spoiler section of Parasite. We're going to get into our Mandalorian review, and of course, Jay, I got a synopsis. I like those odds. A Mandalorian bounty hunter in a galaxy far, far away is cutting out a living for himself, collecting bounties in the wake of a fallen empire. But he may have taken on more than his cargo hull can hold when he is sent on a mission to bring back a quarry, dead or alive, with only a suicidal IG assassin, droid for aid the plot thickens and enemies are made in the mandalorian's inaugural outing we got ourselves a western dave it's definitely a western one of the one of the small details that i love straight off the bat every time the mandalorian takes a step that of a spur is hitting the ground like it sounds like the outlaw Josie Wales just walked into the bar through the through the swing. And he has that swagger, right. right? Through the swinging doors, right? To the saloon and he walks in. What are you drinking? Whiskey. <laughs> what are you here for? Death. <laughs> uh I mean the episode starts off. It sets it sets it off so it starts so off poignant, with yeah. a fight with 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 just with a bar fight, right? Like, it's a cantina scene. We've seen it before, and we've seen what Obi-Wan does to people who get in his face in, in bars. We've never seen what a Mandalorian does to people when they get in his face in a bar. Mm -hmm. Boy, do we fucking see it. I gotta say, dude, when I think of the Star Wars universe, all the things that I, that I love about the Star Wars universe, all the nuance, all the little things, everything that made the original trilogy so lived in and, and and so so fun so expansive i'm picking up here it's all here they even show nods to it it's They're, so it's so
1: engaging right and intangible too
0: Jay, there's a point where a speeder pulls up to pick up the mandalorian and it's bright and it's shiny it's new and a character says it's the newest model and it, and it looks like a speeder that you would have seen in the prequels right and then he goes, no, no droids. And they send that one away and they bring in another one. That's a jalopy. It's beaten up and it looks like Luke Skywalker's from A New Hope. That's the ride he's going to take because that's the metaphor for how John Favreau is treating this, this TV series. He's not going to ignore the fact that the prequels happened, but he was a guy who grew up watching the original Star Wars trilogy and that's what he's doing his best to pay homage to here and by by the mandalorian taking that shitty jalopy speeder that looks like luke skywalker's to his destination that is our audience's metaphor for that's the world we're going to be in that's that that that's the look, that's the setting. That's how this is going to feel. A Grounded. Lived, a lived in, like, gritty universe. And I, uh, the second I all saw that, it. the second I saw that, it. that's the first thing I thought of. I was like, my God, John Favreau is just, he's not even like, he's not even doing it in my mind. He's not even doing it subtly. He's just like, you're a Star Wars fan. You're looking for something that looks like a new hope. You look like something that, 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 that looks like Empire Strikes Back. It's all here for you it's here yeah and it looks fantastic the choice of using practical effects when possible it, it's mostly all of it. it. It shows there's 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 maybe uh there's a Aquarian in the beginning where uh, I believe the character itself is practical, but the tentacles moving on his face. That's CGI. There's there, there's a <gasps> monster. There's a monster at one point. That's CGI. Uh, there's a few other creatures that are CGI. But for the most part, when practicality is practical to do, they do it. I would say this is probably the 70 30 CGI practical blend that we always talk about 70% practical. sure 30 percent cgi it's
1: maybe even 80 20 to be honest i mean it was was really 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 well done the cgi was really really well done it it, it was mostly seamless especially in the star wars world i was really happy to see not just that visually but also just the hear him talk finally and the tone of his voice the speech pattern how he spoke, when he
0: spoke. Be honest, was you were, perfectly you were, on board. You point. were expecting to hear Oberon Martell under there. No, 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 you can't die yet. You haven't confessed. And that's not what you get at all. I didn't know what to expect. Pedro Pasquale does have an accent.
1: He does. No, I know, but I, I, look, they could have done anything. Here's, they could have done anything, Dean, with that. I Who was, knows?
0: I was one, I was like, is, is he putting on what he thinks an American accent should sound like, or is he what? What I realized—I think he's putting a completely different kind of spin on it. No, he's he's trying to put on a Tamora Morrison type sound to his voice. Tamora Morrison played Django Fett. Of obviously, they've then changed his voice to be all the clones, and then his he's also the voice of Boba Fett in ancillary material as well. So that's what I was picking up. When they were putting it down, like a true Mandalorian, they they do introduce us to the world in a in in a nice way because we we get introduced to to him as a bounty hunter, him collecting a bounty, then we get introduced to the bounty hunter underworld, and then we get sent on a mission. It does this little bit of world building in episode one that is going to probably go a long way in episode two. Like we we learn a lot about him without knowing anything too personal about him at the same time except for for minor flashbacks. Here's here's my review for it, man. Like if you wanted old school Star Wars, it's not it it, it hasn't been happening in this new trilogy as much as it's happening right here. Yeah. And, and and that's that's what it comes down to you know you can go back and listen to listen to our trailer park breakdown of it i I discuss everything that John Favreau discussed at d twenty three and and his practical nature in in coming to this and all the giddy goodness that that he was having putting into it and it all just shows on screen that John Favreau was having fun and this first episode, not even directed by him man. Directed by his show running partner Dave Filoni, yeah, the creator behind and 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 the showrunner behind Star Wars: The Clone Wars, Star Wars Rebels, and did a beautiful job, and currently Star Wars Resistance. But I and I always wondered whether this guy could do more outside of animation, and this showed me well, that yeah. Dave Filoni can. I mean, he especially with John Favreau, you know, as producer, showwriter, and you know head of this entire production. I. I I look forward to every single episode I'm going to get from here. Now, uh, November 12th, the first episode hit November, every Friday, guys, November 15th, the second episode will hit. So just three days later, you're going to get the next episode. And it's almost as if they knew that we couldn't wait to whet our appetite. Absolutely.
1: No doubt. And I'm, I'm one of those guys. And obviously like we, Oh, we haven't mentioned that before, but it's at what? 37 minutes long. This first episode, 39 minutes, 39 minutes, 39 minutes without
0: credits. Very tight,
1: very tight. And, it was perfect pitch perfect um the ending great cliffhanger hey, i loved it if you're gonna tell um, an under
0: an underground an underworld star wars story it starts here and they and they and they did it right um i didn't i, I didn't expect anything less from them being their inaugural star wars series on disney plus being their inaugural like big series on disney plus sure. i i expected it to come out of the gate and be fantastic I just I thought that I would maybe find a few more things to dislike about it, but I found very few things to dislike about it. I found myself being incredibly intrigued yeah, by the time. This is died.
1: right up my alley um, for Star Wars, especially, and I love the fact that I can a- follow one man right. Yeah it's more he's kind of like a cowboy right it's it's one of those exactly what we just said it's a western is it it's a feel, western kind is of- is it
0: feeling like I know you like rogue one is it feeling like rogue one for you
1: like very like a bit very gritty Very more yeah. more so than the other ones yeah. but yes um and I'm loving that
0: I think I think I think
1: we're gonna get more of that rogue one vibe later on in a few episodes r- right. But with death
0: troopers
1: and we'll be seeing more. Yeah.
0: So, sure. you know, I got to say like as I'm
1: very excited.
0: <laughs> as as an aging Star Wars fan, as a, a, someone who grew up with Star Wars and I can under God, Dave, don't say aging. I can understand when they bring in the kitty stuff, you know what I mean? But this isn't this isn't the kitty stuff. This is this is the show that was made for the aging Star Wars fan, for the Star Wars fan who grew up the originals. with Star Wars and is yeah. is now entering our middle age. And and we just want that touch of nostalgia, and this is giving it to us. Like it feels so much like it. So Jay, uh, score it, man. Uh, g- give first episode of the Mandalorian oh, a score. Oh um, Did you have any negatives? Do we have any? Negatives? I, I didn't have any. It's Tough. Yeah. Uh,
1: but at the same time, I don't want to give it an A plus because I because uh, we're not ready to. Like, I can't. I can't. Do, I, I'm gonna give it a solid A. I'm gonna give it a solid A because. I, I can't give it an A+, plus simply because of... Here's the thing. I there's, just, it's just, in there, me for some
0: reason, is, I can't give it. There is a creature <laughs> at the end that looks very much like, like a Mogwai, if a Mogwai were CGI'd. And uh, no I way. wasn't so crazy about the CGI of that, of that creature oh, yeah. in the last scene. So, um, um there's a negative for you. May, maybe... Other than that. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, my I guess my only
1: negative would be perhaps that it wasn't as uh, oh god I don't even know what the hell to say about it dude maybe it didn't have as much to, to chew on you know it was pretty much a breezy western there was some fun to be had it was tight and it was well executed but otherwise you know it wasn't like a wow first episode you know it was fantastic it worked considerably well I'm gonna be watching every single episode going forward and looking forward to it but you know whatever fuck it a (laughs) plus What, what am I doing? What am I doing? What are you postulating? What am I? For? What am I doing? Come Jay, on, Jay, I'm I'm an A plus. Come on, on A plus. I'm an. an there's nothing.
0: The, you can't see anything bad about it. No, there's. The, it, it was the, fantastic. It was it's, fantastic. There's nothing. There's nothing bad to say. No, it's pitch perfect. If, I loved it. If you're a Star Wars fan, it's incredibly enjoyable for you. If you are, I just ser- hate myself that I'm doing, giving two A pluses in a row. Yeah, uh, it's uh, terrible. if you're a Sergio Leone fan, right? <sighs> Just this is Sergio Leone. Sure. In a Star Wars universe. All right, Jay, uh, both giving it A pluses. Let's head over. Let's get into our spoilers. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Thanks for sticking with us, Star Wars fans, for our spoilers and Easter eggs section of our Mandalorian review. So, the Mandalorian is obviously there's more going on than what's being shown to us in this first episode. Because after he collects his bounties and he takes the second bounty and he's given his... Beskar Steel, which is something that has been now brought back out of the dead EU, out of the dead expanded universe of Star Wars has brought, been brought back now and is part of proper canon. Beskar Steel. Yeah. That is, that is the Mandalorian name for Mandalorian iron. It is a extremely powerful metal, especially when it's smelted, melted down and made into an alloy that can be crafted into armor, weapons, and some say that it is resistant to lightsabers. Yeah. Say. Uh, Beskar Steel makes its appearance in this, and the Mandalorian is given to him as a down payment for the bounty that he is going to collect here in episode one. He takes it back to an enclave, to a Mandalorian enclave, where we see, I would say, half a dozen Mandalorians, maybe? I've heard a lot of people say that when he walks in the door, there's a Mandalorian guard at the door, and then he keeps walking down, and off to his right-hand side, uh, his left, our right of the screen. A lot of people are like, did you catch the Boba Fett? reference? There's a guy who looks just like Boba Fett there. And I said, nay, sir. Nay. Because a true Star Wars fan and reader of the old Expanded Universe would look at that guy and say, there's a Johto Cast reference there. Johto Cast was a guy who pretended to be Boba Fett, made his own Mandalorian armor, uh, but it was slightly different. His cross guard on his um, his T-visor on his helmet was yellow and his gauntlets were yellow. This guy, Jay, definitely had yellow gauntlets. Right. He may have looked a little bit like Boba Fett, but those yellow gauntlets made me think that that was a Johto cast reference. So he takes the best car steel in, and, and we learn a little bit about Mandalorian culture here. Like she, she asks if he's, if, if he has a signet yet, right? Like, do you have a sigil yet? Is basically what she's asking. Do you have your own symbol? No, he hasn't been given it, which means Jay, I, I'm picking up that he might be maybe not young in the Mandalorian world, but he has not developed his own clan yet. He hasn't built his own sigil. He hasn't, he hasn't made his name Yet to the rest of these Mandalorians, but maybe by the end of this series, we will. They also mention a mythosaur, Jay, uh, Nick Nolte's character who he plays like the little Ugnat guy who's teaching, who's teaching the Mandalorian how to ride a blorg, which is going to the bipedal creature that looks a lot like a do from a new hope, uh, just bipedal. Um, they're extremely violent. They actually give, uh, the Mandalorian a good run for his money. We see a little bit of his inexperience there in that scene where he is taking on the blargs. He that uh, the Nick Nolte's character mentions the little Ugnot mentions to him that his descendants used to ride mythosaurs, and uh, he finds it hard to believe that a, a, a group of people that could ride such great beasts could not tame this beast. And that yeah, I mean it's understandable, right? That Easter you egg about it. right there, Jay, is a reference to the Star Wars holiday special, which you had to watch for a movie. I homework. know. Stir-whip, stir-whip. The animated, the animated feature. It was fun to watch that had Boba Fett. He was riding a mythosaur in that. So they're, they're bringing those back into canon in here as well. There was two comedian cameos throughout it. Horatio Sands played the first bounty. That the Mandalorian is collecting in that, in that cantina. And then we get Brian Poussin from Mr. Show. Uh, he's been in Big Bang Theory, the Sarah Silverman show, and he was the writer of Deadpool comic books for, for about two years or so. He is the, uh, speeder driver of the old Jalopy speeder that yeah. we talked about. So, so he shows up in there. Both well, very
1: well spliced in, worthy comedy, well written,
0: acted, Act- delivered. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And then finally, I think, I think like the big Easter egg, right? Like we know, we all knew that Taika Waititi was playing the IG character. Uh, he shows up here. What a fantastic character, by the way. Beautiful. The IG 11. So fun to watch. IG 11 assassin droid comes in. Shockingly funny. Ultimate badass, right? Like just watching his movements and how he's taking out these, these pirates, these, uh, these weak pirates is, it's great to watch, but it's, it's the dry humor that, only Taika Watsidi can deliver in the way that he did in all of his, in, in all of his glory. Um, Yeah, he's just constantly trying to self destruct, and it's a great moment of comic relief in an otherwise tense scene, but it's not so overly comedic that it takes you out of the action scene. But it's just funny how he just keeps trying to self destruct himself. You know, they're 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 after the same query here. They're after the same target and they agree to work together. But when they get to the target, Jay, we find out that they've been given different orders. Werner Herzog, who seems like almost like a governor in the Empire, is is the one. Who sets Who sets the Mandalorian off on his bounty, and the scientists, the, the Imperial scientists and his stormtroopers are requesting that they capture it alive. But Werner Herzog says, dead or alive, preferably dead. But you only get half pay if you bring it back dead. Um, and they're looking for a creature that's that or a person that's fifty years old. The IG Eleven character was only sent to kill this this bounty, uh-huh. which means that. They were sent well, they were sent by separate parties.
1: Exactly. It was it begs the difference. There like, is where is that coming from? Like there who is, actually wants
0: that thing dead? Right. There is another group at work here other than the Imperials who are searching this McGuffin. And when we get to the McGuffin Jay, we don't even know the name of the species. But the saddest thing of all, I guess goodbye watiti Yeah, goodbye watiti and IG eleven. Unless there's another droid that he comes across. Exactly. There's okay. other IG eleven Assassin yeah. droids out in the world, Jay. Uh so but when 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 they come to their bounty, their bounty is a we don't even have a name for the species it's it's a baby yoda there's a lot of people out there being like oh it's yoda and yardal's kids no it's not they were jedi they didn't they didn't they didn't procreate but obviously if both of those two exist there is a breeding population of that species out there but they're all extremely force adept so it makes sense that the imperials would either want it dead or alive because we obviously know that imperials like to do a little bit of cloning don't they Mm -hmm. so you could Definitely clone, or at least study what makes a force-sensitive being so powerful, and put that into your soldiers, and maybe bring about the rise of a first order, and maybe even create a perfect force user person. And that's just me putting a whole lot on it, but maybe a Ray or Kylo came from a cloned, or at least a interesting, re- ah, ah, ah. Mm. just a little bit of like, just a little, just just a little bit of maybe, maybe, but. N- probably not uh but anyway it is it's it's a baby yoda man and it looks just like a mogwai it looks just like gizmo when i was looking at him i was like oh it's so adorable but no one gave the mandalorian rolls jay you can't feed them after midnight you can't get them wet and you sure as shit can't put them in sunlight because they're gonna die <laughs> but yeah, what, what do you think of that like reveal at the
1: end i like, was shocked i was surprised and it was one of those things where i couldn't I was trying to understand, okay, what What, are they going to do next? What's the meaning behind this? What's the meaning? But
0: also, what is he going to do with him? Right. Well, he has to get that baby back,
1: right? Yeah, but how? It's going to be hard to do. It's going to be interesting to watch. Because
0: there's other parties at play. And, yeah. and I think what's going—that's going to be the next couple of episodes. And I think, I think is what's going to be interesting is the other parties at play. Jay are also going to be imperial because now we're dealing with the with an imperial schism, right? the The leadership of the Imperials is gone, and they're now fracturing off into separate factions. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we're going to get the Death Troopers and Giancarlo Esposito, uh, where I think I think they will be a a separate faction. Of the love him empire, bring it on. Coming in to take out this. Because we get, Well, I, what, we, what do you think about Carl Weathers? What do we call him? We baby Yoda, <laughs> like li, like yeah. little like little Lil little, <laughs> Lil Yoda, Lil know? Yoda. Yeah, you know, like it's it's his rapper name, Lil Yoda. Yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, a little little bit of Yoda. <laughs> Carl Weathers. I think we're just getting a tease there,
1: right? I think, I think he's just going to be sprinkled in from time to time. Well, he's the leader. Maybe two other episodes he might pop in so but here's what i was thinking
0: while watching it right he is technically the leader of, or at least the the head of this sector's bounty hunters guild mm-hmm. um which meant that to send the ig11 unit it also had to have been him who sent that ig11 unit down that path which means you know, if if you if you go back and you watch the scene with Carl Weathers and he's giving he's given the Mandalorian his his bounty, he kind of negs him a little bit, right? Like he's talking about he's oh. he's the best. Alls I got oh, left. Yeah. He's like, I got this bail jumper. This bail, ah, none of these none of these are worth anything to you, really. Like these they these mean nothing. Don't don't even you know. Don't, he's a like, salesman. He's he, he's right. he's teeing him up. But I think for in my mind, he's very clearly setting him up for something, so I wouldn't be surprised if his character uh you know comes back later on and turns out to be some sort of villain role, you know later on. I think he knew that nobody
1: survived that mission before, and he was trying right. to get him killed right exactly
0: and, and it's if, almost
1: like a win win for him if so it me, happens. Okay. It's a win for him. And to me, that goes back. If he gets killed, it's still a win for him, right? To me,
0: that goes back to what, like, you know, was going on in the Mandalorian Enclave when, when they were talking about he doesn't, he doesn't have, he doesn't have a sign yet, right? Like he doesn't, and, and he said that at one point, you know, he, he, he doesn't say youngling. I forget the word is, but like he, he, he was once an orphan pretty much that was raised by the Enclave. Like, so he's still cutting his teeth in a way. And I think Grieve Karga, you know, Carl Weathers, sees that as a threat that his... His prowess is growing and it's a threat. So he sent him on basically a no win mission. And now he that he's succeeded, he's going to have to send more after him. And that's when yeah. we'll get characters like Bill Burr and the other Mandalorians yep. that we've seen throughout the series, that uh, throughout the previews and stuff that are going to be coming in after him. So I think it's going to be the fun part. It's, it's very much like a, a Kira Kurosawa, like a Western, like a, you know, like you know, he's going to be going it's- up against the, against the, the other members of. ...of the underworld like him, and he's going to be going against them. It's
1: and I think fun. you're right. I think John Favreau definitely proclaimed what this tone of the series is going to be throughout the season. And, you know, we should expect nothing less.
0: One of the things I truly liked about it in the end was I don't have a clear sense of the Mandalorian's morals. No. that's Not really. Like. He only shot the IG-11 unit because... It's worth more money alive. Or at least you can always explain it that way. Maybe exactly. later on they'll develop morals for him. But right now,
1: just like Parasite, he's, right? He's moralist. Like you, you know, you just yeah. don't know. Like it was one of those kind of things where like You felt for both sides. You felt for both sides.
0: Uh and w- one of the things that like I was realizing while while watching it, you know, the second time that I watched it, was that like there Horatio Sands character, the bounty in the beginning, is offering him all this money, probably more credits than Horatio Sands bounty is worth. But if a bounty hunter balks on his bounty, he's no true bounty hunter and he, and he, and he risks his reputation. So yeah. he doesn't even entertain that, that, that thought. So he's very pragmatic. He's very business minded. And I think that's the only morals that they've set up for him so far is that he's, he's business minded. It's, it, it, you know, being a bounty hunter is his business and baby business is booming, booming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I really enjoyed this first outing. I, I love the way that it's setting up the way the universe works in this power vacuum without the empire's rule. Uh, I love how they're setting up that the reason Beskar, uh, you know, Mandalorian iron is in such short supply is that the, it was the imperials who raised and sacked Mandalore and stole it all for themselves. And now getting back a little piece of it here and there is going to be huge for him and his people left in that enclave. And I think that's why they exist in those enclaves. It's going to be fun to see this story unfold as it goes through and to learn more about the Mandalorian. By the way, Jay, first episode, Pedro Pasquale, the star, never saw his face. Not no. once. Not, not not a little bit. I don't need to. So just like, just like Dread I don't need to ever. <laughs> just like Dread in 2012 with, with Carl Urbane, some man Had the balls to take this role knowing that you were never going to see his face. Love it. Love it love it can't can't say enough good things about it we encourage everyone to get out there and check it out and,
1: and also discuss yeah you know all your fun you know thoughts or theories or whatever you want to talk about with us you know through Instagram Absolutely. through Twitter Facebook
0: whatever you want to do reach out to us with your thoughts on either parasite or the Mandalorian or Star Wars in general you can reach out to me on Twitter at supermovie pod also me
1: at Instagram super movie Bros and then also on Facebook super Movie Bros podcast yeah
0: and then you can also follow me on Instagram. I am SMB Dave on there. I post a lot of stuff about myself, <laughs> but the show, and my family and stuff. So it's more of yeah. a personal account, but you can absolutely feel free to follow me on there. If you would like more additional content from Super Movie Bros, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Super Movie Bros podcast. You'll get all the additional content that is up there. I want to thank all of you guys for listening. Have a great one. Cheers. Cheers.